do you think most people have a lot of things that they do in their lives that just zap energy without giving them energy? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> wow, amazing. That's it. <laughs> Wrap it up. We're done here, folks. No, because it was your thing. So it's like, how do I? You didn't even give me time. No, because I, yeah. I'm, I'm answering. Yeah. That, yeah. that was the answer that most people would give. Most people, the way most people talk is this, this changes the topic, but it works. Yeah. They end the conversation instead of yeah prolonging the conversation. Most people don't elaborate and continue and uh, provide value, even in a conversational setting. What they'll do is, if you ask them a question, and if it's a potential yes-no answer, they will use that to their advantage in the sense that, oh, I can quickly answer yes or no, and then I'm off the hook now, conversationally. Or there isn't any tension. So I've resolved the tension, I've minimized my tension by answering yes or no, and then after that, the ball's in the other person's court. And then the awkwardness that's generated is coming from that side, not from me. It's kind of interesting, though, because most people actually do want to prolong the conversation. So they're, they're self-sabotaging. They cut the conversation off because they don't want to be in the state where they have to come up with the content because they don't want to, they don't want to be the source of the awkwardness in the conversation. But by doing that, they're eliminating the conversation. Like they're cutting it short and sabotaging themselves because they are also, they want conversation just as much, if not more than the other person. Because generally the kind of people that are anxious to respond to conversation are also the people that crave it. Maybe I'm making that part up, but I'd say based on my experience that that's true. Yeah. So, so what most people want, what most people want, they don't attempt to generate what they want. And if someone else generates it, they don't reciprocate. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that with a, a lot of people that I talk to as well, that when I talk to them, it's like I'm putting on a show for like 30 minutes, you know, whether it's someone at work or family or friends. It's sort of an al- analogous to how women uh, deal with sex. They want it, but they don't want to generate it. And then if you provide it, they may or may not reciprocate. So it's kind of feminine in nature. Most guys just want to have conversation, but they don't know how to actually can continue the conversation. Talking to someone like that is very draining, I think. There, there should be a reciprocation from the other side, right? Like in this scenario, it's like, you're tired. And I'm, I'm just, if I'm just come here and I just sit down and I'm like, hey, make, talk to me and, and bring some interesting conversation and do all the work. And I'm just going to sit here and just ask one question every 10 minutes or something, right? Then it would be like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is actually quite rare, right? We're doing, like the way we're recording this, we are two people that know each other really well. And we're just coming and talking with no prompt for, you know, for however long. Most people, they always do, like they're going to be reacting to something or they're going to be talking about their life. Actually, most people in general, whenever you talk to them, the only thing they talk about is their life. So if you if you met someone a week ago or a month ago, then they might have more to talk about. But if you just met them three days ago, a lot of people, the conversation ends very quickly because they're only talking about the concrete things that they did in the past, you know, week that since when you saw them. Yeah, so the only way to avoid that kind of scenario where you where you only talk about the things that have happened since that since the last time you met someone is to talk about ideas and and philosophy instead of just talking about what you 
what's going on in the world, right? Yeah, and people tend to get irritated by that. So if I if I'm in, if I'm sitting in a circle of people and I short circuit the conversation and I it's it's almost like they they feel that hey you're not interested in me and what I have to say. I'm like yeah not really, but. What's more interesting is if everyone has equal access to the ideas being discussed by depersonalizing the the scenarios. Because, like, sure, yeah, I'm interested in in your vacation or whatever, or like what photos you took, stuff like that. Yeah, but that interest has to be earned. It's not something that you can just you know thought vomit out. So it's it's more like, hey, if you specifically ask a personal friend that question, then it makes sense. But in a in a larger social gathering, the more the larger the gathering, the more abstract the discussion should be. But I find the reverse happens. Yeah, in most large social gathering, it's like you're playing this game in which everyone has a turn, and in your turn, you describe the things that you did the past week and the places that you went and how life's going and how you're tired, and then the next person does the same thing, and everyone, the social norm is, hey, let's let this person have his piece, and now all, and now we'll all listen to this person, and now we'll move, and that's just like. What is the point of that? Like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to listen to ten people who I've just, who I'm acquainted with, not even deep friends with. So, like, if you're deep friends, I can understand you meeting someone after a long time that you are really close with, and you want to know what they've been up to. But in those large gatherings, you don't even care about the person. So the personal uh, stories, personal anecdotes that they're talking about aren't even interesting to you. And then in those meetings, you leave with a disoriented sense of hearing a bunch of bite-sized, disconnected tidbits, autobiographical ideas, short story versions of people's lives, right? And there's no structure, there's no coherence. It just leaves your mind fried. It leaves you frazzled and disoriented and it zaps you of energy. And it doesn't feel like you added any value entertainment-wise, informational-wise. Like there's no aspect of enjoyment or improvement present in those discussions. It's just... You know, it's like the good vibes thing, whatever that yeah. means. It's like, what what does that even mean? You're just vibing. Yeah. The larger the gathering, the more the personal details tend to be irrelevant and less interesting. And uh, in most large gatherings, people generally only talk about personal details. And then it's like, it's like you're watching a shitty TV show, right? It's, there's some like minorly interesting facts about some guy you are acquainted with. My, mildly interesting. Mildly. Is that subreddit? My, yeah, exactly. That's... That's most people's conversations. Honest, no, honestly, that subreddit is is way more interesting than most yeah, people. That's a bit so, ironic. Like it's mildly interesting, but it's actually mildly interesting. Yeah, most people are not mildly interesting. They're extremely boring. Yeah, actually, yeah, <laughs> quite boring. Quite is even like that's underselling it. Most people are actually just craving conversation, but they they don't want to do it themselves, and so they just want to hear people. Like it's like they want to just be on the receiving end, but then. We're kind of we're kind of facilitating that for them, right? If you if you're creating content that is you know an entertaining conversation for people that that are struggling to have conversations, is that even a beneficial thing to be putting out there? Yeah, it's almost like a conversation porn. So you're short circuiting the incentive that they have to actively socialize with people and generate their own content because they can activate those same pleasure circuits in in a virtual sense. I think there's two types of people, right? Because for me, when I when I watch uh, my conversation porn every weekend, <laughs> I feel like talking more, you know? The more conversation porn I watch, the more I want to talk to people. Well, yeah, so, it depends on the nature of consumption. We're consuming yeah. with an intention to... Discuss it afterwards. Yeah, as opposed to... We're not coming from an isolated loneliness position. We're like, I'm so lonely and sad that I'm using this as an emotional 
crutch. We're yeah. using this as a purely intellectual it's like a popcorn thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the stuff we consume is not necessarily feel good. A lot of the stuff that we watch actually irritates us, right? But we're watching it because we're like, oh, how can we uh, take his argument and break it down and then further elaborate on it in our own content? So there's there's a critical lens through which we view it. Not it's it's like the equivalent of a woman watching Friends or something. You know, like sitcoms, as opposed to watching like a like a sci-fi psychological thriller, which is a different feeling, right? And a lot of people don't like that because it's too intense, so it's emotionally draining for them. So they'll avoid those kind of films. It's the same approach that they take to podcasts, I think.